thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Welcome back. God damn it. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're listening, I'm here to bring respite. Yeah. That was some um that was some M&M shit right then. How are ya? Hi, how are you? I'm sorry I'm late. We um the the our basement where I record the podcast flooded the other day because there was a torrential uh, downpour because of global warming, climate change. Um, basically, there was so much water, it, uh, it's it been eroding the brickwork for, I think, the last 10 years um, since the idiot who owned the place beforehand put in a garden, a garden retainer, like a garden bed retainer with like brickwork and concrete. So therefore, it was blocking the water and it was only allowed to go through a two-inch gap um, so then it just started, the water started eroding through the, the bricks and mortar, and then it just burst through. Anyway, so, yeah, I've been, um, I've been doing man stuff. I've been clogging up holes and bloody putting my finger in cracks, um, fixing it, which is kind of cool. I've only got a little bit to go. I'm going to finish it today because it's going to be a really, really hot day, so the concrete will bake really well. I can't believe that this is my life now. It's what I do. I bloody, I fix things like a bloody top bloke. There you go. And that's not me being sexist, by the way. I know that, like, you know... People are of, uh, you know, a different gender and any genders in between as well. You're all included. I know you can concrete as well, but I'm just saying generally it's it's a thing that when you go to Bunnings, you have to have a man chat. Oh, mate, bloody, the grout's gone in the uh, the brickwork, mate. I was just wondering how I'll fix this up. Oh, okay, mate. Well, what you do? This so, like, those blokes in that section... In the bloke set, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I went to go, I had to get gravel to put down um, on the base of the, the hole that's there for the concreting. I, and I, I, was too, I was just too intimidated to ask where the gravel was in the end. So I think I, I paid way too much money for, like, expensive gravel from the flower section, um, the gardening section. And they're all lovely in there. All the people in there are really helpful and lovely. And then if you go to the man section, you go, excuse me, mate, how do I bloody fix some grout? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. I know they need to be so... Look, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Bunnings is like B&Q uh, in the UK and what's the other one? Home Depot. Anyway, I think I've brought it up way too many times, this place. But anyway, I'm there a lot. I should get a job there. That's the job I should get. Bunnings Warehouse! do do do, do. Um, Anyway, so you go and try to have conversations with them and now they, are, they are so intimidating. Just tone it down. And like, I'm sorry, I've got more expertise in other areas than you. But I'm not going to make you feel like shit if you ask me a question. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They are helpful, but they're you know there's a little bit of intimidation there if you're a, if you're a, an effeminate looking. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm an effeminate looking man in any way. I've got a mustache and stuff. I do look like a bit of a. I'm, I look like a bullhead, really. But I guess they they can smell it. They can smell the non manliness um, coming off me as I walk up the aisle to ask them about grout. And I know it's not grout. It's mortar. Whatever. Yeah, assholes, just bloody relax. You know, I've got to go back today and get another bag of the cement. And cement are up, mate. Bloody get out there. You show your bloody, your wet back. What is a wet back? It's a, isn't it, it's, isn't it a, I think it's a derogatory term for a Mexican person. Because they sweat 
um, because they do all the hard jobs that people don't want to do. That was the most intimidating thing I noticed when I was in Los Angeles was that there was a brown underclass of Mexican slavery going on. Like all these people just doing all these jobs that um, all the other LA people don't want to do. And again, if you're offended by that, go look, go see it. I, I, I doubt there's any person that's been to Los Angeles or, you know, anywhere really in the States that won't agree with me. And it's happening in Australia as well. Um, you know, a Bangladeshi underclass that are doing the jobs we don't want. And I heard it on the radio yesterday, people talking about like filling positions and jobs that uh, general, uh, the, the general Australian public won't fill. It's just like, oh my God, this is what, in, and, and importing more. It, it is, it's like a slave labor. Anyway, sorry, it's not funny at all, is it? But, you know, when's the last time you got your Uber Eats off, you know, a Swedish person? No? Anyway. God damn it, I sound like a shock jock. He's bloody shot. He's, he's talking the issues. Um, anyway, I hope you're good. I hope you had a really lovely week. I, had a, I mean, I had apart from the flooding, I had a great week. I, uh, it was my, my little girl's first full week of school. She still can't deal with the fact that it's five days in a row. Oh my, And it's fair enough. She thought school was just you go there for two days and it's over. It's, that's the that's one given, not even a given, um, is that your kid's going to be in shock at the fact that it's every day for the next 12 years, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you can prepare them in any way that it's going to be every day because that's going to freak them out even more. So you just got to go with it. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been a great week. I've met all these parents and teachers, had chats to them and intre- like weird, it's weird. Like you're kind of like, I was sitting there listening to the teacher. She was doing a group chat. Um, and, and you realize they've got the power to discipline your child. They were talking about, you know, what they do if your kid's kids naughty and pulling them aside, having a chat to them, then pulling them out of play, going to quiet time. And then pretty much finally it's a one-on-one and then it's a note home. They'll ring you. They'll ring you. They will ring you and saying your child's a little asshole. Um, that's not happened at all, um, uh, this week, but yeah, it's just like, oh my God, they've got the power to discipline. I don't even discipline my child. I am basically of the um, consensus that I was brought up in. I don't, and I don't care. I don't care. Look, if you're triggered by this, I don't care. Um, don't be. It's fine. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of torture. Um, you know, I was brought up in an incredibly abusive childhood um, situation, and I just do the opposite. So I don't do that. I don't. <laughs> I don't fuck with my child because I know what happens. I I, I come out the other end. Um, which is not good. Anyway, so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear someone talking about disciplining your child, and I get a little bit like, oh, hang on, bloody you, don't you bloody do anything to her. Um, but no, it's fantastic. It's a great school, and um, lots of lovely parents. We had a really great birthday last week. Oh, by the way, just watching a kid, because, like, she's come in there, and she doesn't really know any other kids. She kind of, I know, is a little bit, um, like, two kids a little bit from um, pre-care, or, like, um, uh, holiday school care. Only a little bit, though. So she's trying to make mates. There's already mates that are there that have been like in um, like kinder or what, what prep or whatever it is before that and know each other and have these friendships that are already like developed and she's the outsider and it's heartbreaking. Oh my God. Just watching her trying to make friends because she's, she's really outgoing and lovely, but it's just, oh, you poor thing. And I, I was in the schoolyard the other morning and I met one of the kids and I said, oh, you guys friends. And Luna looked all like, all the hope in her eyes. Like, yeah, are we, are we friends? And the little girl goes, no, we're not really friends. She just came up and started talking to me then. I'm like, oh, 
I said the wrong thing. I just should have said, oh, are you in her class or something like that? But anyway, and you can see Luna's little face hurt initially by the words, but then they ran off and played together. So they probably are friends by now. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's all fine. We know it's going to be fine. Um, I, I moved to so many different primary schools when I was a kid. So I learned, that's why I became a clown, I believe, is because I, I went to so many different schools. I had to, uh, I had to impress quickly. So I had to be an idiot quickly. Um not get punched and bullied by being an idiot. Uh, that's where I got my savage streak from. My nasty side was learning not how to be a victim because I was a victim enough at home. And also I, I loved school because it was out, I was out of home. I got to not sit at home with uh, old fuckface. Anyway, um, yeah, so anyway, it's been, a, it's been a big week in that respect. Not much else though. I've just been um, writing the new show. So getting up really, I get up stupidly early to write. So I get up at... Sometimes 2am, um, mainly 3am, and I just sit there and write in the darkness, which I absolutely, I know, it sounds awful. Most people are just like, what are you doing? I should be a baker. I should be working at Baker's Delight. They are baker's hours or pastry chef, patisserie hours. Um, but I get up and write so I don't have my partner and my daughter in my ear in the morning because it's just no, you know, I can't do anything if they're up. Um... Yeah, so I've just, I get up really early and write, and that's all I've really been doing is going to bed really early and uh, going to bed, uh, sorry, going to bed really early and waking up really, really early. So that's 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 me thing. Um, and had a great birthday last week, not for me, for my little girl. We went, we had a pool party, pool party, yeah, and um, made fairy bread. My 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 wifey wife, I hate the word wife. Anyway, um, my 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 other my my, my sugarna. Meshuggah? No, that's a Jewish thing, isn't it? She bought an over-the-top cake. Everyone ate cake. And then the adults went out afterwards and got pissed. I'm trying not to drink at the moment, which is very hard when you're um, in the summer heat after you've been bloody concrete in the backyard, mate. Fucking concrete and go have a beer after this. It's been a tough day. Um, yeah, they all went out and got pissed and that was kind of fun. Um, and what happened? Oh, we had a great moment at the birthday party with uh, one of the parents who is Brazilian. And we were talking about how, because our, both our girls really get along with each other, they love each other, but they're going to different schools now, and how do we keep the friendship alive, and what can we do? And I suggested uh, going to Little Nippers, which is a, uh, if you don't know what it is, it's, uh, well, most people would know what it is in Australia, but it's basically, um, it's ocean swimming for kids. So it's learning about ocean safety and every Sunday morning you get down there and you run around and learn about, you know, the red and yellow flags and all that stuff. Basically safe ocean swimming in Australia. And, um, and he said, yes, I've heard of little nipples. <laughs> and he kept referring to it as little nipples. And geez, it made me laugh. Oh my God. So, and I had to correct him and go, no, it's nippers. And he's like, oh, nipples. I'm like, no, 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 nippers. Oh, and then he's, his face changed because he was like, oh, I thought it was weird that it was called Little Nipples. Um, anyway, so we're, we're enrolling our children at Little Nipples. Uh, we... <laughs> it makes me laugh. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to play you a history. This is the history of breakfast. I've not listened to it. I know it's in my list, but here we go. This is the history of breakfast. I hope you're enjoying it. This is Nisha's Quiche with Sam Simmons. God, that was professional, wasn't it? Sheesh. Um, also, by the way, uh, just quickly, thanks for all the emails. So many lovely ones. All right, here we go. History of breakfast. Let's go. Have you ever wondered how things began? Hmm. 
Simmons. The precise history of things. Breakfast is usually the first meal of the day and arguably the most important. 90% of all breakfast consumed in Australia comes out of a cardboard box containing cereal. Some of the more unpopular brands of cereal include Wheat Bricks, Corn Scabs, Circle Friends, Crunchy Bumps, Lover Boys and Fruity Doodles. Is Go Cat a cereal? No! Oh. Cereal was invented by greedy corporate fat cats to stimulate the fat cat wallet in their fat cat shorts. Cats don't wear shorts. They do if they're millionaire cats on a really hot day! Oh yeah. Shut up, cock plank! And then Goldilocks tried the three bears porridge. Oh, no, this one's too hot. And this one's too cold. But this one's just right. What if I told you I saw baby bear shit in it? Snap, crackle and plop, bitch. Oh, oh, oh my god, you horrible, horrible little f**k bear. Nutritional experts have referred to breakfast as the most important meal of the day. But I reckon nutritional experts can get f so what if I want a pie and chocolate milk? The tradie breakfast. The breakfast of champions. Breakfast! You're probably eating it right now. Sam Simmons. The precise history of things. Gangong, bangong, bangong. I, I don't know whether that was any good or not. I hope it was. Yes, lots of really nice emails. Really, really nice ones. You sweet, lovely people. You little sweetie bum poo-poos. Um... Oh, by the way, this is what okay. This is something that's happened to me um, recently. So, picking up my prescription, my prescription from the pharmacy for ADHD, and I'm not gonna look. I might as well just tell you what it is. It's Ritalin, and it works for me. I don't know why it calms me down, and I'm able to focus. So, this is a thing that works for me. I know that a lot of people think it's all a myth, and the pharmacy that I've I've, I've sent it to, I sent it to a pharmacy that's near my mother-in-law's. Mainly because it looks like a reputable pharma pharmacy. It's a small family pharmacy. And they look nice. And I was like, I'm not going to send it to the, you know, the warehouse people. Because I know that they, um, they're pushing all the small pharmacies out of business. So I thought, I thought oh, let's get my, my proper prescription sent there. Anyway, there was an issue with my prescription. They treated me like I was an absolute drug addict. Like I was a filthy prick just coming in to get some bloody methamphetamines and cocaine and then resell it on the street. I was so offended. Um, anyway, it doesn't... It, bloody, if you are... It, it's like that scene from... I think it's Magnolia, the Paul Thomas Anderson film. If you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful film. Ma amazing performance by Tom um, Cruise in that, by the way. Really, really great movie. But there's a great scene with Julianne Moore and she's picking up her medication for her dying husband. And same thing, like the, the chemist and pharmacist are giving her uh, like a vibe that she is, you know, a filthy drug addict. And I had the same thing. And it really, it felt awful, absolutely awful. I really want to rip the prescription off them, but I can't because it's now assigned to that chemist. Uh, I have to go in. So I've been in three times to pick it up and they've denied me because there's something wrong with the prescription from the, um, the, the psychiatrist GP who, you know, put it out there anyway. It's just a, you know, it's a technicality basically. Um, so I'm going to have to go in later on today. And, uh, if they do it again, I'm going to bloody, I'm going to kick off. I'm going to bloody kick off and I'll, I'll show them what a, uh, what they think I am. I might be, I might turn into a violent drug addict. And so, anyway, God, what am I, what am I talking about here? Anyway, I, I, if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, you, and you, you've done it. Look, it's basically, if, if you went to get Disprin or a packet of Panadols and someone's like, well, why, why do you need it for? 
It's like, well, it's none of your business. I might have a headache or I might have a, um, a sore stomach. It's just, it was a similar kind of vibe. Um, I also had a... Pharmacists do have a little bit of that. And I know they've got a responsibility with that type of stuff. But I used to get like uh, like a weird kind of eczema kind of thing uh, under my armpit. This is disgusting, by the way, to, to describe this. And I used to get this cream called Hydrazole. And just some pharmacists would be like, oh... Well, why do you need it? And I was like, well, that's none of your business. It's for my anus. Do you want to have a look? It's not. It's for under my armpit. Oh, are you using it every day? No, again, none of your business. I know you care about me, but just shut up. Fuck off. Go bloody just put your... Lo- just, you know, oh, I need a lozenge. Why? I don't know. I'm going to put it up my bloody pooper. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm, um, I am rambling. I'm absolutely rambling today, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else have I got coming up? Oh, I've got some... Uh, ooh. Oh, the history of stuff. Oh, no, no, this was like... So when I was at Triple J, I was doing the history of things, and then I was like, ah, let's change it. And then I changed it to the secret life of stuff. So I've got some secret life of stuff coming up. Uh, There will be a Claytron in there somewhere. I've had a lot of lovely emails about Claytron. People really seem to enjoy... At the time, it just seemed like no one was listening to it or liked it. But a lot of people seemed to like it. Um, and a little bit of Glenn coming up as well. Now, recently, I, just the other night, I was feeling a little bit maudlin, and I, so I watched, I started watching Blazing Saddles. Woo! It's, I've never seen it before, but it's like meant to be this classic comedy. It's really, 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 I mean, it looked, back in its time and place, I imagine it wasn't offensive, but it still was really racist. I started watching it, and I re- uh, when it got to Gene Wilder, Wilder, who I love, um, I thought to myself, oh, I, I, I want to stop watching this. I'll watch a, another Gene Wilder film because I'm not really enjoying Blazing Saddles. I'm just not really into fart jokes, really. Um, yeah, it's just not my thing. And I mean, the opening scene was very, very funny. The N-word is used a lot, which felt, you know, problematic. Then I read up about the script, which is, um, I think, co-written by Richard Pryor, which led me to, what, to watching Hear No Evil, See No Evil, or See No Evil, Hear No Evil, which is a film from the 1980s, which I remember was always on Channel 9 on a Saturday night. Just seemed to always be replaying on Channel 9. And I must have watched it, you know, in bits and patches over my childhood probably 15 times. So I started watching that and my God, is it funny. It's really offensive. It's really problematic. But it is so funny. Oh my goodness. So both the premise is... Uh, a blind man and a deaf man become friends and get caught up in some type of a heist thing with a very young Kevin Spacey. Oh, sorry, that's problematic as well, Kevin Spacey. Um, it was so funny. And and look, you know, yes, it is offensive, but it's kind of nice to watch it and just go, oh, okay, that's all right. I didn't feel racist and stuff at all, but it was offensive in, in many, 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 many other ways. <laughs> and Jill, Gene Wilder, amazing, just... Willy Wonka, if you can't remember who he is, that's Willy Wonka from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But uh, he's just such a great, subtle actor um, in terms of comedy. And Richard Pryor's just genius anyway. Does, you know, play the, you know, I guess, ghetto black man a little bit too hard. Um, Again, uh, I don't like saying black man. I don't know whether we can just start saying man. That man. Just playing the man. Just playing a a ghetto man. There you go. That's less less of a problem. Okay, I've got some... um, I have some mail. Oh, by the way, thank you to my Patreons. Patreons who are all getting free niches, quiche tea towels. Yep, it's only going to Patreons. Um, and yes, there is merch happening. Merch is happening. Merch is happening. So Nietzsche's quiche t-shirts are going to be available very soon. 
and Patreons are going to get, uh, they're getting tea towels. So, uh, lots of, all that stuff in the works. I don't know how, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it seems like you guys want this. So we're going to put it out there and see how it goes. I hope it's not going to cost me too much money as this stuff kind of can, uh, can sometimes. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You don't realize this, but sometimes you have to buy a whole lot of merch. Then you've got to sell the merch. Then you're just stuck with a whole lot of fucking merch. I had no, um... Mind you, I did sell out of all my tea towels last time, but that was many years ago. All right, this is a message from Holly in Preston. Um, here we go, in Melbourne. Hi, hi. Oh, by the way, if you're overseas, how far away are you? I think the the, the, the farthest away message I've got is Croatia. So someone living in Croatia messaged me. Thank you very much. Um, but I want to know, is there anybody on an Antarctic base listening to the podcast? Anybody on the uh, Southern American continent? Are they, uh, are they listening? I'd like to know where you're listening. So email me at samnicheasquiche at gmail.com. Samniche as quiche at gmail.com. All right, this is from Holly Impressive. I love crumpets. Oh, sorry. Hi, Sam. I love crumpets. Different to pancakes with holes because crumpets need yeast. Well, okay, whatever. Anyway, you suggest um, I must be an inbred toffee pom, um, which when you said it, I heard as toffee pom, as in half French. But pom is apple. So toffee apple. Toffee pom is, yeah, well, toffee pom would be a half French... I think pom is apple, isn't it? Um, anyway, uh, which is obviously nicer. Even though toffee apples... Oh, there you go. Sorry, she is, she's across it. Even though toffee apples aren't. Also, my two-year-old insists on eating crumpets from the packet cold. Yuck. Well, there's obviously something wrong with your child, Holly. I'm sorry. Many years ago, I was reliably informed that much like uh, your cappuccino guy, real Australian men can't say quiche. If you want one, it's called an egg pie. <laughs> I like that. Um, that does make sense. Yo, mate, can you give us one of those fucking egg pies? Is that fucking hard egg with some bacon and shit in it? Yeah, just gives one of those. I'm not saying quiche. I'm not saying quiche. It sounds puffy. Um, and don't get offended at the word puffy. I'm trying to bring it back. Not in that way. Just It's just such a great... Like magicians go puff and they disappear. It's just a great word. Anyway, um... But I can understand it is offensive. It is offensive, so probably don't do that. All right, anyway, home brand... What does it say here? An egg ply. Home brand from my childhood, like black and gold, was No Frills. Yes, I remember that. I remember No Frills. Um, Googling it, um, branding a chef kiss. Okay, um, please, please, please deep dive the word hysterical. That's a good idea. Um, I think a lot of people will know what it is. Um, I do know its origin completely. Uh, so maybe I will look... Yeah, I'll look into that next week. I will deep dive... Yeah, I will. I'll deep dive hysterical. By the way, this week's deep dive topic was going to be uh, when in Rome. Um, but I decided against it because it's just a re very... Let me look through my paperwork here. It's a very, very basic example of when in Rome. Here it is. I'll just do it quickly, but it's not... This is not the deep dive for this week. When in Rome, or do as the Romans do, the phrase when in Rome, do as the Romans do, refers to the importance of adapting yourself... Sorry, hiccup burp. Sorry about that. Um to the customs of people who are in a certain place or situation and behave like they do. Example use, are you sure we should eat this with our hands? Answer, why not? All of these people are eating it that way. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. So I think it means that like, you know, when you're under an oppressive regime, like when the Romans like, took over most of the European continent, um, you were just like, oh, geez, I better do what they're doing because I'll get in trouble. So that's basically, that's uh, when in Rome. I thought it might have come from a film, but it didn't. Okay, um, also shout outs, uh, sh I hate saying shout outs, but um, big hellos to people 
um, uh, who've sent me messages. Dale, Lockie the Posty, good old Give Us a Squeeze Peter, um, Hayden Coombs, Claytron. Oh, that's right, he was uh, asking me about Claytron episodes. There's no way you can get them. They're just going to be randomly interspersed on this podcast. Uh, good old Michael Two Nuts Richards, who um, I think went, went in for te- testicular surgery and uh, has come out with both his testicles. So good on you, Michael. Congratulations to you and uh, look after the boys. Um, Josh Child, who sent me a really big, long uh, email about paranoia, because I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago about my friend who was severely paranoid. Um... To the on the verge of unwell, I believe. But um, yes, I'm leaving them, them to it. They're sorting it out. I shouldn't really be that involved. Um, also, if you've got some like, if you've got problems emotionally, you shouldn't really be emailing me. Okay, like I I can refer you and help you in some ways, and I, I do like that people are like, and I am studying psychology, but I do not know stuff, and I'm getting a few messages that are kind of concerning from people, uh, and I'm trying to forward them you know, you onto the right place, but I'm not really the place for this. So there are other places out there. Um, yeah. And you can always just go to your GP by the way, and just say, look, I need to talk to someone they will refer you. Uh, you can do it for free, I think for 10 visits still. So yeah, look, I'm not really the right person for this, but, uh, thank you, Josh, for your, um, all your stuff. And a lot of people sent me messages about, um, how to help out my paranoid friend. Um, and yeah, I, I really, yeah, I value your information and, and thank you very, very much. Cause I did push the, Oh, cocky, hear the cockatoo outside. He's having a little screech. Um, all right. This is for, I don't know who, Oh, this is from Daniel and Fern. I, I don't know how I missed this, um, email. This is so gorgeous. Hi, Sam. This is Daniel and Fern here. We're the daddy daughter duo who bought you the best friends remix, which I might play at the end of this podcast again. Cause it was really cute. Uh, a few months ago, they, they remixed this weird thing I did on channel four in the UK into a song and it was really really cute it's really cute i and i the the fact that you know it's you and your 13 year old daughter it's so cute i think she's 13 anyway it says 13 fun things to know about fern she's 13 there she's 13 yeah i skimmed it that's so weird in your mind um what's that i hope you're well we love your podcast and we've just listened to the eggplant episode oh this is really cute really really cute and i i I love this hi fern Hello, Fern. Uh, it says here, 13 fun things you need to know about Fern. She's 13. She steals her sister's socks. That's weird. That's weird, Fern. What are you doing that for? She enjoys the beach. Love the beach. Don't like sand. Um, I don't like a concrete beach either, but I just really do not like sand. Um, enjoy soccer. I enjoy soccer. I endure soccer. Um, I get into it during the World Cup, uh, but I don't really um, enjoy it. But there you go. Uh, love, enjoy skateboarding. Yep, that's fun. I'm not very good at it. She's really cool. That's really nice. Um, she made a PowerPoint to argue her case for why she should get a Snapchat on her phone. That's <laughs> really funny. Her mother and I were very impressed. That is very funny. A PowerPoint. Um, look, Fern, just watch yourself on Snapchat because I know that it's just all the group stuff. Don't bloody. I've, I've just. I've learned a lot about um social media stuff i reckon we should just totally get rid of social media to be honest with you i really think it is such a problematic thing but um i hope you've got a good community of kids around you fern because uh yeah there's nasty stuff that can go on there you just don't don't like the um the bullying bitchy stuff that goes on with social media it really does freak me out a little bit and i have um i've read up on stuff called on red oh sorry unread and red so when you send a message out there 
and you can see that someone's read it but no one's replied and that message is then just out there and how that can affect you because it's just too much stuff to think about like then you're like oh no now i've got to reply to this person and it's it, anyway and then you or you can send stuff out that is not even read and you just go oh well who am i so you're feeling valueless um in the social media stratosphere and in real life it's just too much um, I hope you're outgoing and fun, Fern. I hope you talk to people. You know what? You're 13. Get a, get yourself a part-time job in the next couple of years. That's, I reckon, a really good thing to do. Is get yourself a job and then you learn how to talk to the public. And, um, yeah, anyway, maybe you don't have those issues. But, like, if you've got a kid out there, if you've got a teenager, and I'm not talking about you, Fern, in general, but you've got a teenager who seems to be kind of holed up and, you know, not able to socialise properly and they're on social media too much... Get them to get a part-time job. Go work at Woolworths or Coles, and then you have to interact with people. It's the best thing to do. Get a job in a cafe, whatever. It's a good thing to do because it gets you out there and it gets you, um, you know, just socialising. Even if they're like, yeah, even if it's an old lady, it's a good thing. You're talking. Uh, anyway, does that make sense? I think it does. Anyway, uh, I, number nine about Fern. I commissioned her to do a painting for the front office of a school, front, and she painted a giant magic mushroom. What? With eyes all over it. <laughs> Jesus. That's really funny. In 2020, she did a painting which ended up uh, as the face of COVID-19 stories. With the painting now in the Tasmanian Museum. Oh my goodness. She really freaking hates this painting. I'm going to look that up. This is amazing. Her soccer team won the Hobart Cup. This is extraordinary. They got a wooden trophy. You've got an overachieving daughter. You're doing too well, Fern. Um, it, she scored the goal that won them, uh, got them into the final. Who is this girl? She received the coach's award for her soccer efforts last year. Big trophy, that one. Oh, my goodness. Good on you. Fern, Fern, you're doing great. Um, I'm going to commission you to help me out with uh, doing some illustrations for the Silly Billy Walk. You sound incredible. Anyway, love from Fern and Daniel. That is such a great email. And I thank you so much for it. I really, really value that. So look, anybody, if you want to tell me about your life or whatever, or your kids, or just in general, anything you want, dream analysis, just give us a message because that that made me feel fantastic. I'm glad I, I found that email because some of them um, I, I have skimmed over. I'm going to reply to everyone, but that, that was wonderful. Thank you very, very much, Daniel and Fern. That was joyous. Okay, this is from... Who's this one from? This is... Uh, I don't know who this is. Will? Is it Will? Yeah, here we go. He went into a servo and saw that Smith's chips are now in two iconic flavours. Red Rooster Fried Chicken Burger flavour and Subway Chicken Teriyaki Sub flavour. And I think he's gone into a bit of stand-up here. He's got, he said, it's got me, uh, got me thinking, well, first, with the Subway one, doesn't the flavour depend on which one you got on the sub and how much do you match that flavour? So won't some people be disappointed because that's not how they would do their sub? But in general, who eats Red Rooster Subway? Exactly. I mean, who is going in there and going, oh, this will be good as a chip? Um, you are doing stand-up there, Will, um, but I, I'm with you. That is not right. That is, I mean, the Subway chicken teriyaki flavoured Smith's Crisp? Surely, surely we can come up with some new flavours and better flavours. That is, I think Hamish and Andy, they had their own flavour out. Which is, you know, fair enough. Good on Good lord, I'm treading in Hamish and um, Lamish and Blandy territory. Um, no, they're they're both lovely. They're actually both really lovely fellas. They're way too nice to be that successful. They're way too nice. Um, anyway, the, if you had to choose between a crumb prawn cutlet or a chip flavored prawn cutlet, exactly, you go for a real prawn cutlet. That's a word I really have an issue with. Cutlet, cutlet, cutlet. Anyway, sorry. 
Okay, here we go. Hi, Sam. Hope you're well and the birthday party was good. Fairy bread is always a winner. Yes, it is. This is from Hannah. Just wanted to say that speaking languages that are not your mother tongue and using a local accent from a country that speaks a language is just speaking that language. There's nothing racist about pronouncing words correctly in any language. I don't agree. I'm sorry. If I was to pronounce a, a Chinese meal in... Uh, in what I see as a Chinese or a Mandarin or um, what's the other big, what's the goddamn Cantonese accent? That's pretty racist, I believe. Or if I was to say, um, you know, just, okay, Halim! Which is <laughs> Pakistani curry. If I try to say it in a, oh, I like the Halim! <laughs> it's really racist. I'm sorry, Hannah. I think it's racist. I, I don't know. She said, as a music teacher, we use a lot of Italian terms and I say the words in my best Italian accent. A fortissimo! Excuse me, students, you do use a fortissimo! That's really... I think it's racist, Hannah. I don't know. I don't know whether it... <laughs> it makes me laugh. Oh, I don't... Yeah, I just don't think if I went into a Pakistani restaurant or a Chinese restaurant and started ordering off the menu <laughs> in, in what I see as an accent... Of, of of origin that I'm <laughs> that people at another table aren't gonna look over and go that guy's problematic get him out of here that's really funny oh goodness me uh, okay Carolyn um, who is a clinical psychologist yeah me a lovely message as well um, oh she's really really lovely I'm so sorry to hear about your mental health challenges I'm not because I've worked it out and you know it's not like you can just go through life and think that everything's okay you are going to fall over at certain point one day i'm going to talk about it explicitly about what happened to me um not for a few years i'm going to wait for my little girl to grow up and then i will share with you um the depth the depths i went to um but i'm glad it happened because it's made me a better person in general anyway she said i'm very excited uh that you're training in this field i'm a clinical psychologist myself and i think the mental health profession will be richer for having you in it that is such a beautiful, lovely message. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Um, yeah, that made me feel really good about what I'm doing. Because it does, it does, it, I do freak out sometimes going, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? All right, here we go. Really good looking man. We interrupt your marriage to bring you sport. to life. The secret life of stuff. Make a wish, little Timmy. Um, I wish that my rash would clear up. And make sure you blow out the candles. It's your birthday, little Timmy, and nothing says you're turning into a man more than your ability to control small fire on a chocolate mud cake. 
since the dawn of man, Sexist. men Sexist. and some women have sought ways to control fire. Is it the raw sexual virility of a so, fireman? Uh, what I do is I, uh, I put water on top of the fire and then it uh, stops the fire. Oh my god, he's so sexy. How's your birthday going, little Timmy? Well, not so good, actually. My cousin Arnold just ate a piece of birthday cake and then swallowed the birthday candle and it was still on fire. Well, that's no good. Fire! And my rash still hasn't cleared up yet. Well, why not put some chicken on it? Why would I put chicken on my rash? Because every Everyone loves chicken. Vegetarians don't love chicken. Yes, they do. Yeah, but they don't eat meat. That's because they love chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fire! Happy birthday, little Jimmy. It's Timmy. Yes, it is. Fire! This is the worst documentary ever. Stuff! Uh, did you want sugar in your coffee? Two thanks. Oh, I thought you'd be sweet enough. Uh, well, not really, because when I was ten, I, um, drowned my brother. On Triple J. Oh my god! I love brothers. And that's Rasheen Murphy on Triple J. You know me better. Ow! Oh! Oh, I just got a moth in the eye. A moth just flew in my eye! Hang on a minute. Oh, I've dislodged it. I've dislodged. Don't worry, everyone. I've dislodged the moth. It's okay. Actually, can I get someone in here to clean up this moth refuse, please? Do you have a moth problem? Wow, that was quick. Well, you know me. I'm quick. Actually, no, I don't know you. Who who are you? I'm Ronald Mothman. Ronald Mothman? Ronald Mothman? (gasps) Ronald Mothman? Are you the Mothman? I am the Mothman. I am the Mothman. I know everything about Mothman. I am the Mothman. I am the Mothman. I know everything about Mothman. Okay then, Mothman, is it true that, like, moths are just baby birds? I don't know, man! If I was to deep fry a moth in peanut oil, would it taste good? Would I have, like, like, a moth fry? I don't know, man! Do moths go well with quiche? I don't know. You don't really know anything about moths, do you, Mothman? Just get rid of the moth and leave, man! The Sam Simmons Experience I don't know, I, I really don't know what I just played you then, I hope it was... I hope it was good. Hey, Mike Cannon Brooks, what are you doing? Mike Cannon Brooks, are you on Dunk Island right now? Are you building a building on Dunk Island? Because I heard that you bought Dunk Island. It's true, he bought Dunk Island. Um, do you like do you like being silly, Mike Cannon Brooks? Are you a silly billy? Maybe you'd like to head to my website, sillybillywalk.org. No, is that right? Yeah, sillybillywalk. This no, yeah, sillybillywalk.org. Billy spelled double L I E as in Billy Eilish. Sillybillywalk.org. Why don't you check there, read the philosophy, the philosophy about what the silly billy walk is, and maybe you'd like to get in contact. Maybe you'd like to do a bit of a tax write-off and fund a little bit of the silly billy walk and getting it up and going. Hey? Eh? Um, that sounds threatening. Sorry, Mike Cannon Brooks. I'm asking basically I'm asking you for money, which um it's mean. It, 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 um, not mean. It's um, you know, it's just because you have money. I mean, I should be out, like you know, heading to who's that guy that makes all the boxes? Bob Pratt, Richard Pratt, Richard Branson, Bob Pratt. Um, anyway, he's the box guy. Anyway, or the the trucking magnate. I should go to someone else, but you just seem like a really nice guy. You seem like a good multi multi billionaire. That's what you seem like. That's why I'm approaching you, Mike Cannon Brooks 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 Brooks. Imagine how like. God, his urine must be amazing. You must have amazing clear urine 
all the like amazing you'd have a private chef for sure so all the food you're getting is all organic and strange place to go to in my head but i was just thinking just how healthy the rich are anyway um i hope you're doing well good on you all right i am going to do a deep dive deep dive dip 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 deep dive splash um this deep dive this week i was as i said before going to do when in rome but it was too easy the answer to when in rome um, so instead I went the fairy tale route again and found a really disturbing fairy tale. I won't tell you what this one is. I'm just going to start reading it. All right, here we go. It's time for a deep dive. Splash. Once upon a time, there was a miller who was poor. Um, a miller is someone who grounds grain into flour, I believe. Um, most farmers aren't poor though. Um, they're, they're really rich. But, um, anyway, I'll accept the ones who go through drought. Oh, don't get angry at me farmers. Fucking angry farmers. Anyway. Farmers are bloody, they are, they're angry people sometimes, aren't they? They're always the one bloody um, getting out the shotgun and taking it out on the family as well because of the wheat yield. Anyway, that's an old joke of mine. It's very offensive. Anyway, here we go. Once upon a time, there was a miller who was poor, but who had a beautiful daughter. All right, this is already, there's already problems with this fairy tale. Now it happened that he had to go and speak to the king in order to make himself appear important. He said to him, I have a daughter who can spin straw into gold. Well, that's obviously a lie. Um, the, the king said to the miller, that is an art which pleases me well. If your daughter is as clever as you say, bring her tomorrow to my pla my palace and I shall put her to the test. This is bloody, this, this, uh, this story is bullshit already. Um, I just, I looked up, basically for this deep dive, I looked up problematic fairy tales and this one came out. So I've not read this either. I know what it's called, um, but I'm not gonna say, anyway. And when the girl was brought to him at the palace, he took her into a room which was quite full of straw, gave her a spinning wheel and a reel and said, now set to work and by, and if by tomorrow morning you have not spun this straw into gold during the night, you must die. Uh, I'm not making this up. This is a real fairy tale. Thereupon he locked, he locked himself, sorry, thereupon he himself locked up the room and left her alone in it. So there sat the poor miller's daughter and for the life of her could not tell what to do. She had no idea how straw could be spun into gold, and she grew more and more frightened. This is all her fucking father's fault, by the way. Why would he make up such a ridiculous story? She, brought, she grew more and more frightened, until at last she began to weep. But all at once the door opened, and in came a little man and said, Good evening, Mistress Miller. Why are you crying so? Alas, answered the girl, I have to spin straw into gold, and I don't know how to do it. Well, what will you give me, said the mannequin, if I do it for you? What's a mannequin? Anyway... Um, does that mean a small person is a mannequin? A little man is called a mannequin. That's cute. Hello, I'm a mannequin. Um, okay, what will you give me if I do it for you? Said uh, the mannequin. My necklace, said the girl. The little man took the necklace, seated himself in front of the wheel, and whir, 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 three times, and the reel was full. Then he put on another, and whir, 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 three times round, and the second was full too. And so it went on until the morning, when all the straw was spun, and all the reels were full of gold. It's ridiculous. By day, there's got to be a point to this. All right, so by daybreak, the king was already there. And when he saw the gold, he was astonished and delighted. But his heart became only more greedy. He had the miller's daughter taken into another room full of straw, which was much larger, and commanded her to spin that also um, in one night if she valued her life. The girl knew not how to help herself and was crying when the door opened again and the little man appeared and said, What will you give me if I spin that straw into gold for you? The ring on my finger, answered the girl. Uh-oh, this is going to get really... This is going to get weird. 
Okay. Uh, I can almost, I can almost uh, feel what's uh, going on here. The little man took the ring again and began to turn the wheel. And by morning he had spun all the straw into glittering gold. The king rejoiced by, beyond measure at the sight, but he had still not enough gold. And he had the miller's daughter taken into a still larger room full of straw and said, you must spin this too in the course of this night. But if you succeed, you shall be my wife. What? So if she does spin the... Uh, God, that's... He's, hang on. Alright, okay, anyway. Even if she's a miller's daughter, thought he, I could not find a richer wife in the whole wide world. When the girl was alone, the mannequin... Hello, I'm the mannequin! Came again for the third time and said, What will you give me if I spin the straw into this time for you also? I have no, nothing left to give you, answered the girl. Then promise me, if you should become queen, to give me your first child. Okay, here we go. Then promise me if you should become queen to give me your first child. Right, right. Uh, anyway, who knows whether that will ever happen, thought the miller's daughter. And not knowing how else to help herself in this strait, she promised the mannequin what he wanted. And for that, she once more he once more spun the straw into gold. And when the king came in the morning, he found it all as he had wished. He took her into marriage, and the pretty miller's daughter became a queen. A year after, she brought a beautiful child into the world, and she never gave a thought to the mannequin. But suddenly he came into her room and said, Now give me what you promised. The queen was horror struck and offered the mannequin all the riches of the kingdom if he would leave her the child. But the mannequin said, No, something alive is dearer to me than all the treasures in the world. The queen began to lament and cry so that the mannequin pitied her. I will give you three days time, he said. If by that time you find out my name, I shall keep your child. So the queen thought the whole night uh, of all the names that she had ever heard, and she sent a messenger over the country to inquire far and wide for any other names that there might be. When the mannequin came the next day, she began with Caspar, Malacuar, Balthazar, and said all the names she knew, one after another. But to every one, the little man said, No, that's not my name. This is What is this story about? On the second day, she had inquiries made, inquiries, inquiries made, well, inquiries, there you go, uh, made in the neighbourhood as to the names of the people there, and she repeated to the mannequin the most uncommon and curious, perhaps your name is Short Ribs, or Sheepshanks, or Lace Leg. But they always answered, no, that's not my name, that's not his name. Um, on the third day, the messenger came back again and said, I've not been able to find a single new name, but as I came through the high mountain at the end of the forest, where the fox and the hare bid each other good night, I saw a little house, and before the house was a fire burning, and around about the fire, quite a ridiculous little man was jumping. He hopped up on one leg and shouted, Today I bake, tomorrow brew. The next I'll have the young, queen, young queen's child. What the fuck is going on in this story? Ha! I'm glad that no one knew that Rumpelstiltskin I am styled. You may imagine now how glad the queen was when she heard the name. And when soon afterwards the little man came in and asked, Now, Mistress Queen, what is my name? At first she said, Is your name Conrad? No. Is your name Harry? No. Perhaps your name is Rumpelstiltskin. The devil told you that. The devil has told you that, cried the little man. And in his anger, he plunged his right foot so deep into the earth that his whole leg went in. And then in rage, he pulled out uh, his left leg so hard with both hands that he tore himself in two. Is that it? That's it. What a disturbing... That it, I mean, that is a problematic fairy tale. I mean, it's not problematic, it's just disturbing. He had a weird name and he thrust his leg in the ground and then he tried to pull it out and he tore himself in two. 
I don't under, I don't understand what that what did that mean? What what on earth was that fairy tale about? Well, there you go. Um, I don't know whether I should. I mean, what? I, I guess. Hang on. What I'm going to have to do now because that was so confusing. I I'm just going to have to Google. Me Google. I have to Google what the meaning of Rumpelstiltskin is. Hang on a minute. Here we go. Okay. So it says here. The moral of Rumpelstiltskin is to tell the truth and take responsibility for your own mistakes. The miller's daughter nearly loses everything because her father is untruthful and refuses to pay the price for his mistakes. Bang on, but what, what's that got to do with Rumpelstiltskin? I mean, it's, yeah, it's the father's fault. Hang on. Rumpelstiltskin is a fairy tale that illustrates how confused values can lead to problems. One of the themes is about staying quiet when you have nothing meaningful to contribute. The Miller could have... It's all about the Miller. But why did Rumpelstiltskin tell him... Tell, but hang on, he pulled himself in two. He pulled himself in two. Why did Rumpelstiltskin want the baby? It seems that he had no need of wealth because of his knack of creating gold out of straw, but he can't make a life with his magic, so he's desperately lonely and craves companionship, a baby to care for, someone to be grateful to him and take care of him in return. The children and the parents love a friend. Yeah, but why did he... Well, that's a sad story for Rumpelstiltskin. I don't understand the point of this story apart from the, the fact that the... I guess the queen or the miller's daughter, the, the, the miller was an asshole. But as to why Rumpelstiltskin had to be torn in half by his own hand... Anyway, I got no... What the hell does... Is Rumpelstiltskin evil or good? Here we go. Um, Rumpelstiltskin is the titular main antagonist of the Brothers Grimm fairy tale of the same name. He's a magical dwarf or goblin or imp-like creature who aided a girl in weaving thread into gold but demanded the heavy price of her firstborn child in payment. I mean, yeah, fair enough. He's an asshole because he's asking for a bat. Anyway, this, this, this isn't even real. What am I doing? God damn it. Don't dive too deep. You'll go crazy. Anyway, um, hey, well, there you go, guys. That was episode 15 or 16. I'm not too sure. I hope you're good. Um, if you need... Oh, God, you better get on tickets for the Melbourne shows. They're almost gone. I think I'm going to have to add an extra show. Extra show. I don't know whether that's true yet, but I reckon I will because... Um, yeah, we're already. We're, I think we're more than a month out, and it's almost sold out, which is insane. It's insane. Thank you for all the job suggestions as well. By the way, I am going to get a real job. Dad's getting a real job because I'm lonely. Um, I know I could volunteer somewhere, and um, but I want to get. I, I, I need to earn money as well, so I'm going to get a real job. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm really excited about the opportunity to actually look for a real job um, whilst I'm studying psychology. I'm really, really excited by it. Um, so thank you for all the jobby suggestions. Someone suggested I be, be a, a television uh, producer. I don't want to do that. I want to get out of the industry. It seems like a glamorous industry, TV and comedy, but it's not. It's full of narcissists and cunts. Um, so I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Yeah, I'm moving. I'm still going to be a clown. I'm still going to entertain you and uh, put on shows and act. Oh, I love to act. I just don't get cast anymore because uh, of what I look like, I reckon. I look like a generic middle-aged white man, but I'm not. I'm Danish Aboriginal Nova Scotian French Jew, and I really am that. That's what I am. My great-great-grandmother is from the Wimmera region of northwestern Victoria, um, and she was part of the stolen generation that was taken into the Ebenezer Mission near Horsham. There you go. So, and then we, we believe that our blood comes from the South Australian side. So I could be potentially uh, related to one of the greatest Australians and footballers of all time, Adam Goods. That's a true story. Anyway, I don't know whether you know, I am related because there's no DNA um, test that I can do 
to link me anywhere because uh, indigenous DNA is like not on those generic ancestry.com plays. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a long involved story. I think there's a really expensive test I can do, but it's cost quite a bit of money. So anyway, I'll have to save up for that one and find out me bloodline. Um, anyway, so yeah, if you're a casting agent out there, just please fucking cast me. Put me in something. I'm a very good actor. I don't know whether you guys ever saw me in Squinters. You know, not the greatest of, of shows, but I was very good in it. I was very good opposite Jackie Weaver, who's bloody two-time um, uh, Academy Award nominee. I bloody acted against her, and I did pretty good. Thank you very much, you fucking asshole casting agents. Anyway, that's not getting me cast in anything. Anyway, I hope you're well. <laughs> I'm not well in the head. My head's not good. It, my head is good. I'm actually quite a happy fella these days. So, anyway... Um, maybe it's because I am moving away from the industry. But yes, um, what was I telling you then? I don't know what. Yes, get your tickets quickly. I'm in Adelaide next week and I cannot wait to get there. Um, tickets are going like hotcakes there as well. I've never eaten a hotcake. There you go. It's just a pancake, isn't it? It's a hotcake. Um, yeah, hotcakes from McDonald's. There you go. It's a pancake. Um, and they don't sell it. If I was standing on the street corner selling pancakes, I don't think they'd sell that well, to be honest with you. If I saw me selling pancakes, I wouldn't be like, oh, bloody get a pancake off him. You, you, they're not, they wouldn't be moving. I wouldn't move many pancake units. So they're not selling like hotcakes. They're selling like, what's something popular that sells? Um, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Bloody, what's that beer that people like? Um, uh, what's that, fa- the, the, the beer that's, oh, anyway, whatever. One of those, one of those fancy fucking beers that tastes like Ambipure or Glen 20. I'm not into craft beer. Awful stuff. Awful. Does it, t- it taste like deodorant or it tastes like meat? Ugh, yuck, disgusting. Just give me a normal beer. All right, I'm going to go do some concreting. Um, stay true to yourself. Be kind to each other. Just be kind. Be nice. Um, and remember, if you're stuck in traffic and you're frustrated, don't be frustrated because you are the traffic. How good's that? I love that. What a great philosophy. If you are stuck in traffic, that means you are the traffic. You are the problem. So if you are stuck in traffic, don't bloody get angry at anyone else. You are the traffic. I think it's a great philosophy in life in general. Okay, look after yourselves. Don't bloody, if you've got a, if you've got a scab, don't pick at it. That's my other <laughs> bit of wisdom. Don't pick at it, okay? Stop picking it. All right, love you lots, and I'll speak to you next week. Love you. Bye.